Thank you to the worship team. Well, good morning. My name is Chris. I'm one of the uh, teaching pastors here. Really excited to be with you uh, here in Brigham City. Uh, the fall slash winter has finally arrived. Are there any winter fans in here, right? Eric said that we're all warm. Yeah. Well, you guys can stay here. All of us will move south. Ready? Right? So that snow is going to come, and it's going to push us all out of here, but uh, I'm, I'm really excited to be here with you guys. So we've been going through the Ten Commandments. If you're new with us here today, uh, as Eric said, a special warm welcome to you. Man, we are honored that you would choose to come and worship with us here. Uh, if you need more information, as he said, myself, Eric, uh, other leaders will be available. We would love to share uh, more of what's going on with our church and, and what happens here uh, again, we're so excited that you're here with us. Maybe you've been with us over the last few weeks. We've been digging into the Ten Commandments. And you know, when it comes to the Ten Commandments, oftentimes people uh, wonder, well, what does this really mean for me? Right? Is it just a, a list of rules and regulations? Is it just a, a list of spiritual do's and don'ts? Are these the things that I have to follow to be in relationship with a mighty God? And if I don't follow these things, what is he going to to do. Well, what we've been trying to do over the last few weeks is dig into uh, the, the true meaning behind the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments were written for a people long, long, long time ago, right? It was a covenant that God made with his people to establish healthy relationships. So you see, uh, the, the Ten Commandments are a way for us to be in relationship with God. The first four commandments that we've talked about govern our relationship with God. And so those are what we call vertical commandments. It's us and our relationship with God. And then the next six of the Ten Commandments then deal with relationships with other people. And those are called the horizontal commandments. And so the, the Ten Commandments aren't a list of spiritual do's and don'ts. Really what they are are they're, they're God's direction for us to establish healthy boundaries in relationships with Him and with others. And so today we're landing on the fourth commandment, and if you want to open up your Bibles, if you have them, to Exodus chapter 20, uh, we're going to be hanging out in uh, verses 8 through 11 or so. Uh, again, the Ten Commandments are found in two places, Exodus chapter 20 and also in Deuteronomy, and that was just a repeat of those. We're going to hang out in Exodus chapter 20. And so today we're going to be looking at the fourth commandment, and this commandment really deals with uh, God's view on a work-life balance. So for those of us who are uh, in the work field, for those of us maybe who are students where we go to school and we feel like it's work every single day, right students? I have three young kids and they're bringing homework home all of the time. Uh, I was a youth pastor for a long time and man, uh, homework was not fun for youth students. And so that's a work-life balance. And for those of us who go to work on a daily basis, we have jobs, maybe multiple jobs, uh, there has to be a healthy work-life balance. And so uh, the commandment four talks about this special work-life balance, and it's the Sabbath day. You know, the truth is, in our culture, we like to work, right? Americans are hardworking people. I grew up in, in Roy. Uh, Roy was a blue-collar community, and, and my dad worked 12 hours a day, seven days a week. I mean, he was a hard worker, uh, but what happened was is he worked so much that his kids never saw him. And because of that work, it established this difficulty in our relationship with our dad. And, and both me and my younger brother, uh, we really struggled with this idea of who our dad was. You see, because there wasn't a healthy work-life balance. You know, uh, there was a study that says that a third of Americans, get this, one-third of Americans work 
45 hours a week. Now, not just 40 hours a week, right? That would be your normal standard work week, right? But we also are working through our lunch break, if you will. 45 hours a week. Some 10 million people in the United States of America, 10 million or more people work more than 60 hours a week. This was the category of my dad, 12 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, we, we were provided for, we had all of the, the best things, we, we, we did a lot of really fun things, and, and we were provided for, but we never saw our dad. Because many of us, believe it or not, we don't have really good boundaries when it comes to work. Uh, there was a, another study, Washington Post uh, reports that most Americans don't even use their paid time off. Listen to this. 768 million paid time off days were let go. <laughs> That's paid time off. I mean, are you serious? I'm taking every minute of my paid time off, right? And, and I'm going to push the limit a little bit. Don't tell the staff members here that I do that. But we're going to take as much time as we can. 768 million days of paid time off were left on the table in America. America, uh, Americans typically work some 400 hours more a year than their European counterparts. We, when we do use our days off, many of us take our work with us, right? We're checking our phone. We're checking our email. What's going on? 70% of people take their work with them on vacation or time off. 30% of people do it every day. You see, we have this, this mentality that it's all about work. We want to provide. We want to make money. We want to have status. We want all of these things. But God said, listen, that is not healthy for us and even back then. Let's, let's uh, dig into Exodus 20, verse 8, and we'll read this together. It says this. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. Remember, he's speaking, obviously, to the people of the time. It was much different than us now. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and sets it apart as holy. Would you pray with me? God, we ask that you would let these words resonate to us. God, even though they were written so long ago, I pray that you would speak to us through your word, that you would show us uh, how you have set up the idea of a healthy relationship with you and with others. God, I pray that these wouldn't just be another list of rules and commandments that we're reading through, but God, that these would penetrate us, that challenge us, and ultimately, God, they would draw us nearer to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, today, I, I think that just based on these scriptures that we've read in verses 8 through 11, I think we can pull out some truths that really apply to us today. I mean, when we think about the Ten Commandments, even though they were written for a people a long time ago, really how we can grab onto them is that every part of the Ten Commandments somehow points us to Jesus, and it points us as a need for Him in our lives and so today I just want to highlight a few things that will support that. And the first is this, is that God set up the Sabbath day for our benefit. You see, these verses here specifically in verses 8 through 11 really point out to, to kind of two purposes that God set up for the Sabbath. The first is we all need to rest from work. I mean, that's every single one of us in here. If we have a job, 
if we are a student, if we are anything else, we all need a separate time of rest. That's rejuvenation. That's life-giving. That's resting. That's, that's sleeping. That's, that's enjoying God's presence. There's so many things that come in that, but God set it up so that we could have rest. Listen, ancient Israel was a very hard-working society. Imagine it like a blue-collar society. Uh, they were uh, agrarian, and so they were all about crops, and, and they were about building up as much as they could. That literally was their livelihood, and so they survived on those things. And what this commandment was ensuring is, is that everybody in the family will have a day of rest. And it wasn't just uh, the, the owner of the business, the family business. It was the servant it was the animal, it was everybody, because God knew that production would actually be better in the long term if there was a day of rest and recuperation. Now, for those of you in here who are like my dad, you're thinking, well, if you rest, you're missing out on money, right? If you rest, you're missing out on more opportunity. If you rest, you're, you're missing out on building yourself up for the future so you can have longer term rest, right? Well, essentially what happens when we get into that kind of mentality and that kind of thinking, before we even get to the end goal, we're all out of whack. <laughs> we've, we've made bad decisions. We, we, we have acted emotionally. We've done all of these things because we haven't really understood the meaning behind a day of rest. You see, what's interesting here is this was God's people. So the Mosaic Covenant was given to Moses for his people. And so God was saying, this is for you, my chosen people, Israel. I'm giving you this to establish healthy relationship. Now, all of the surrounding communities, all the surrounding people, they didn't have these, these same kind of ideals. And so when people were looking in, they were like, what's going on with those people over there? We're working all these things, and, and they're being called to rest. What is this all about? Well, the Ten Commandments, this specifically highlights that work's a good thing. Work is a good thing. Actually, God said in verse 8, he said that set aside six days for work. Now, who likes to work six days? I prefer five. Can I get an amen, right? But we can't change God's word, unfortunately, right? He says set aside six, and I don't think he's saying that you have to work all six days. I think what he's saying is, is listen, the way work is established is there is a time frame for work. But listen, this one thing I know for sure based on on God's word is that there is a day that needs to be set aside for rest, and it's called the Sabbath. Now, it doesn't matter what you do with your work any of the other days. It's actually a good thing, but the best thing for you, God says, in his commandment, it was so important that he made it a commandment for his people, is to rest, <laughs> is to rest. You know, we have different, different ways of, of work, don't we? You know, for, for kids who are going to school, it's five days and then we get the weekend, right? We can't wait till Friday. Uh, even workers, right? We cannot wait till Friday. Thank God it's Friday, right? It's party time. We, we look forward to that time. And then we get into the weekend. And so what happens on the weekend is we do fun things. We have leisure. And then we go to church. And then we go to work on our projects. And then we start doing and doing and doing and doing and doing. And the next thing you know, Monday comes around and here we are. We're right back at work again, right? And many of us are like, well, this really stinks. <laughs> Some of us love our work, and that's awesome. I love my job. Uh, but even on Mondays, it's hard to go back to work, isn't it? You see, it's good news when we have this balance of, of rest and work because if we don't, like I said, life gets out of order. There was a 20-year a, a study that showed 
some crazy, crazy results. It was this, is that men who don't take vacations, this is for men, men who don't take vacations were 30%, listen to this, 30% more likely to have a heart attack. I mean, that was just a study that they did over 20 years. Women who don't, 50%. 50%. I mean, that's crazy. You don't take vacations, you leave your paid time off, it has health effects. If you don't rest, it causes stress mentally. It causes all of these things. It really, truly affects your life. Now listen, uh, my wife says she can tell when I have been overworked or when I've been working too much. Because for me, when stress comes, I get cold sores. Does anybody ever have that? Do you get like, anybody? That's just me. So if you know, when you see me with a big old cold sore, you'll know that I'm overly stressed. I mean, and they, and they are big. Happened when I got married. It happened when I had all three of my kids. And it happens around Christmas. And it happens ar- around uh, like the harvest party time and all this stuff. So I'm, I'm good right now. But then she also says I'm the spawn of Satan. Because what happens is, is when you are overworked and you don't take time to rest, your stress levels rise, you become more agitated, you become more apt to affect and harm relationships because it's come to a head. You see, our bodies weren't created to not have rest. It wasn't created that way. That's not how God set it up. And so we need to understand that it is very important that God set up a day of rest, the day of Sabbath, work-life balance for our benefit. Students, God set up the weekend for your benefit. God set up the Saturday to, to enjoy and to have fun. Those of us who work, God set up a special day for us to be able to enjoy not only our presence with Him, but rest so that we can be the best us. Rhythm, work-life balance and rhythm is really, really good for us. So the first purpose is for us, and the second is is that we we need time to focus on God. You see, if we go back and we read in verses 8 through 11, it says, set aside a day of rest and do what? Dedicate it to the Lord. Dedicate it to the Lord. You see, the first three commandments were what? Thou shalt not have any gods before me. You shouldn't make any other idols, right? It's all about me. And what you need to understand is that our relationship is important. So this day of rest, not only is it for your benefit, but it's for you and me to connect. It's for you and I to establish our relationship. It's for you and I to come together and to have a healthy relationship. Your God, your creator, you and me to be connected. But what happens is what? The busyness of life comes in, and our relationship with God becomes thinner, doesn't it? When we get caught up in work and in deadlines, and we get caught up in in us and in producing and production and providing and all of these things, God slowly gets pushed a little bit further and further away, because the truth is, we'll find time for what we love, won't we? We will find time for what we love. And so the question is, and I think this is what God was saying, is will you understand that the Sabbath is to make time for me? Not only for your health, but for our relationship. You know, when you think about these two purposes, it makes perfect sense uh, in what Isaiah says in 58, 13. He says, enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. You know, when you think about this this idea of the Sabbath... (laughs) You know, you, you go through the Ten Commandments, and, and if we're honest, sometimes reading through the Ten Commandments, you're like, this, this is boring. You know, it's like, I just got through Leviticus, or I'm, I'm on my way through Numbers and Deuteronomy, the first four books, and man, this is hard, and now I get to this, and I have to read all of these rules? Like, really? 
you want me to do this and then the Sabbath? What does that even mean? But the truth is, is that if we understand it, just as Isaiah did, that if we enjoy it and we speak of it with delight and we understand what it was intended for, we can see that we have a good God that isn't about regulations and work, work to the bone. He's about relationship with him. And eventually, as you will see over the next few weeks with others, work-life balance is very important. And, and here's the truth. Much like us, God's people lost sight of that. You know, oftentimes God provided for them. He took them, he, he, miraculous things. He, he saved them from slavery. And, and what they would do is they would jump on, and they'd say, thank you, God, and then they would go and find something else. God, you were good then, but not good enough now, you know. And, and the next thing, trouble came, and, and, and God had to step in again. Thank you, God, but, but what's next? <laughs> and, and this is what happened to the people of that time. God's people lost sight of this. They had forgotten that God set up this time as a benefit. And it became a burden. And that leads us to our next point. Jesus, for us, clarifies that the Sabbath isn't a burden, but it's a blessing. So, so what happened was, is of the time, the people were getting uh, these commandments and these rules and these regulations were being abused. And by the time Jesus came on the scene, uh, there was the Pharisees that were the religious leaders of the, to- the time, and they had manipulated over time, they've manipulated the commandments to say that this is a list of rules and regulations that you have to follow. And so it became very, very legalistic. And so what they would do is they began to define what this meant. There was an elaborate code and regulation and things that you had to do. Now, if you're not doing this, or if you're doing this on the Sabbath, then you are breaking that command, and it became legalism. And sometimes we do this with God's Word, don't we? We do this, you know, a little bit of what I think is best, mixed in with what God says, that's good enough, right? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this a little bit about me, because I know what's best for me. I, I know what I need. I know how I need to govern my relationship with God, I need to put a little bit of my spin in there because if I do that, then I know that it'll work out. But that's not how God wants us to look at it. So what was happening is these, these leaders became so zealous and they began to define what this, this meant and these rules and these regulations. And they were silly things too. Things like, you know, if you carry more weight than that of a fig tree that you are breaking the commandment on the Sabbath. Or if you brought just enough ink to write more than two letters of the alphabet not three, two, you were breaking the rules and regulations. And it went on and on, and, and there was debates. Is it work to, to move you know, an object from here to here? Is that really working on the Sabbath, or is that acceptable? Or can we pick up our children, or is that work? Right? All of these things of, of saying, if you do this, 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 and this, then you're breaking the Sabbath. You see, that is legalism, and that is completely opposite of what God intended for the Sabbath. But isn't it true, in life, we do these things, right? Listen, if I follow the strictest of rules, it makes me look better. Brownie points for me because I'm following all of these things. And you see the the Pharisees and the religious leaders said, you have to do this and this and this. And if you don't do that, you're not lining up to God's will for your life. Has anybody ever heard of this, right? If you're not doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, if you don't look good on the outside, if everything that you do is, is, is wrong and it's affecting your relationship with God, then you're just not good enough. You see, that is the completely opposite of what God wants for us. Instead, God wants us to see 
that he set these things up so we didn't have to be overcome by rules and regulations. Instead, we could accept his love and his grace through his son, Jesus Christ. You know, this kind of legalism isn't just limited to, to ancient Judaism or God's people. You know, how many of us grew up in a very religious home where it was considered breaking the Sabbath to watch TV on a Sunday, right? That's really hard for people who like football like myself, right? Can I get an amen? Yeah. Oh, boy. That's not good. We weren't allowed to play sports or, you know, we weren't allowed to go swimming or, you know, we, shopping was forbidden, right? We can't go get something to eat because we're making somebody work on the Sabbath, and that's really bad. Like, that's, you know, we're, we're, we're doing something that, that is going against God's word or his command. That is not what God was saying. And that, that, that is a religious leader putting their spin on what God had set up for his people. And it happens all of the time. It happens all of the time. And you see, God said, listen, this isn't this isn't just a, a way for me to burden you or to lord over you or to hold you down. This is a way for, for me to help you to understand that I just want time with you. I want you to understand that your relationship is about what it means with me, you and me, our time together, our resting day, so that you can embrace what I've given you, that you can embrace the production, the blessing, the things that I've given you, your God. Jesus ran right into this in Matthew chapter 12, verses 9 uh, through 12. He says this, uh, Then Jesus went over to the synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees asked Jesus, listen to this, Does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? See, they were trying to trap him, weren't they? These religious leaders were trying to trap the Son of God to say, Listen, are you going to work on the Sabbath? Are you going to heal someone on the Sabbath? Are you going to do a miracle? Because if you're God, as you say that you are, are you breaking God's, your very own command? He says they were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him, legalism. And he answered, if you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, would you work or wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable. Listen, I love Jesus. He's always just, mm. I love it. How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? He says, yes, that law, that law that you've made into your own, that you've read and that you've made and you've twisted over time to, to establish this, this hold over your people, that thing that you're doing, listen to this, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. You see, Jesus said, I'm changing those laws. I'm changing those things. And that answer makes perfect sense when we understand that the Sabbath was created for human benefit and for our thriving. But the religious leaders didn't like it, of course. You know, as a matter of fact, in the next few verses, Jesus healed the man and, and they became very hostile because Jesus broke their precious rules. They again criticized him and, and, and Jesus had these, it's interesting, it wasn't just this encounter, but he had many encounters that were uh, on the Sabbath, because they were trying to trap him, every time he stayed true to his word, that this is for human benefit, for you and for me. Mark 2.27, and he said to them, this Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You see, this is very, very important for us to understand. God is not a God who sets up rules and regulations to judge or to condemn us. God is a God who set up Ten Commandments, who set up his word and his direction for us to establish healthy boundaries. 
because he knew that if we had healthy boundaries, that we could function exactly how he created us, to love him and to love others. Not to love ourself and then to condemn others, but to love him and to love others. And you see, we look at this idea of the Sabbath, and, and many of us come here, and we might be young, and we think, this is the most boring thing. You want me to read Exodus 28 and 11 and be in, excited about it? Well, yes, I do. And so does God, because here's the deal. It's not just words on a page. It's a governing idea of a relationship with the creator of heaven and of earth. The one who created this whole thing is saying, listen, I love you so much that I'm setting this up for you and for your benefit. Man, thank you, God, that you do that for us. All the, at the heart of the controversy between the Jewish leaders in Jesus was this different view of God. You see, the Old Testament view was if we don't do these things, if we don't follow these long lists of, uh, of rules and regulations, then we're not right with God. But Jesus said, listen, this isn't about that at all. This is about a relationship with God, and that's through me. That's through me. It's through my life. It's through, through my death and through my resurrection. And what he's saying is the Ten Commandments now is a way for us to understand that it's God's blessing for his people. It's God's blessing for his people, not only Israel, but for us. Now, I, I want you to think about where the, the understanding of the Sabbath will, will take us. If we understand it, this is a, a point, it will help us in understanding how we should live out this fourth commandment. And if we don't understand this, we, we won't know how to apply it to our life. Because you see, the Sabbath isn't a special day as much as it is a principle. You know, many of us would say, well, the Sabbath, people have said that it's on Sunday, right? That it's the, the seventh day, because that's what it's said in the Bible. And so when we look at the calendar today, it's the seventh day. So naturally, on Sunday, we're supposed to set aside Sunday time to go to church. And again, what we do is begin to check off the boxes. It's 10 a.m. I'm going to go to church, and then I'm going to go do whatever, and, and I'm going to do my Sunday thing, because it's the Sabbath. Well, that's not at all what the Sabbath is. In fact, it's more of a principle. You see, the reason why we celebrate Sunday was because that was the day that Jesus resurrected. So when we come to church on Sunday, we're celebrating the life and the resurrection of Jesus, not the Sabbath. And what Jesus was saying is like, it's not a special day. It's not a Sunday, and that's the only day you do. And he's saying it is a rhythm of your life. It's an opportunity for you to pick a day that works for you to set aside so that you can reconnect with yourself and with me. So naturally what happens is students, again, we have that seven-day work week or, uh, you know, school week. So day five comes around. Maybe it's a Friday or a Saturday. Maybe it's a, a time for you to just rest and relax. Homework, I'm going to say this, parents, you're going to hate me, but maybe it's not for Saturday. <laughs> maybe it's not for Saturday. Maybe it's for Sunday night. If it's for Sunday night at my house, I don't know what's going on because it is madness Sunday night. Do not do it on Sunday nights, right? Monday morning comes around real quick. Maybe for those of us here who, who work, you know, four tens, or, or maybe it's a, a rotating schedule, it's, it's days, swings, and graves. Maybe it's like my dad, you know, he, he did work seven hours or, or seven days a week. Maybe it was for him trying to figure out just a moment in there where he could connect with his kids, where he could connect with God. You know, maybe it's just finding this idea of, of a rhythm to where you can set aside time to connect, that you can set aside time to refresh, so that you can set aside time to get closer to Jesus. That's why God intended that to be. So it's not just a Sunday. It could be a Monday. You know, my, my wife, 
uh, we, we get the kids out. I get the kids out on Monday morning, and, and for her, uh, they're gone, and it's the very first way to start the week. And she opens up her Bible, and she spends a couple hours just connecting with God. That's a Monday. Now, I don't like to do that. I like to kind of push the limit a little bit more and, and kind of, you know, be a little lazier in the Monday, which I hope, I don't know if you're like me, but, but it's just a different rhythm for people. But the truth is, we have to have it. That is the understanding. It doesn't have to be on a specific day. We have to have that rhythm. You see, when the laws were given, this was the Mosaic Covenant, and so that was specifically for them. Our relationship with God is divine, or defined by the New Covenant that comes in Jesus. And so the uh, book of Hebrews, uh, I think it's in chapter 8, maybe it's chapter 9, it says that the provisions of the Old Covenant are now obsolete. No longer. It's now obsolete. And that's why the, the New Testament talks about this in, in Romans 14, 5 through 6, when one person considers one day more sacred than another, another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind, whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. You know what this means? It means your day is different than your neighbor's day. It means your day is different than my day. It means that we all have different ways of life, but it still doesn't change the principle that we need to connect with God, that we need to refresh, that we need to take a break, that we need to stop doing schoolwork on Saturdays, that we need to stop working every single day, that we need to break off and to spend time with our family and to spend time with God, because if we don't, we will not be healthy. We will not be healthy. I remember my first two years as a youth pastor here at Alpine Church, it was many, many years ago I was the youth pastor, and I remember, man, I worked all of the time. I worked, I, uh, Alpine was very small at the time, and so I made, I think it was like 100 bucks a month. Uh, my wife was the sugar mama for a little while, and, and that was okay. Uh, but I would go, I, I had to go to work at Riverside Golf Course right off of uh, Interstate 84 there. And I'd go from 5 a.m. till noon, and then I'd go right to the church. It was, it was our Riverdale uh, um, location at the time, and I'd work from noon till like 5. And then on Wednesdays, I'd work from you know, all the way until 9, 30, 10 o'clock when the kids would go home after youth. And, and then on the weekends, I'd have the kids over and playing video games. And my wife finally said to me, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just having fun. You know, I'm just being a youth pastor. And she said, well, you have a wife. And I said, oh, yeah, that's right. And she said, you have a life. And I said, oh, yeah, that's right. And she said, you need to understand that it's not all about you. Even if you're doing good things for God, it's not all about you. It's about us. It's about our relationship. It's about your relationship with God. Have you spent time with God? She said to me, uh, I think so. I'm doing all these great things for God. Well, have you connected with the Lord? And this was early on in, in our marriage. She loved me enough to challenge me. And she was right because I wasn't connecting with God. I was serving him. I was leading other people, but I wasn't connecting with him, him and I. So then I could be healthy to connect with my wife and with other people. Are you balancing work and life? Is it God first, then your marriage, then your relationships, and then your life? Or is it your life and then everything else? Chances are, you're probably a lot like me, and you've made it about me. And God gets pushed further and further and further away. You see, he established this so we would understand that it's important that we connect with him. You know, whatever this might be, it could be, you know, you work behind a desk. Maybe on the weekend you go out and do something, you know, fun. Maybe it's that you, 
you work in production. My dad was a, f- a flower, flower miller, and he worked very, very hard. Maybe for him it was just to come home and take a nap on a Sunday or, or whatever it might be. Maybe it's time to connect with your family. Wh- whatever it might be, we have to understand that it's important and that God set it up. There is this eternal principle for us. People need rest to do well in life. That's what God is setting up. And that leads us to our very, very last point today. And I, and I think this is, ties the whole Bible in, and, and we'll close with this. The Sabbath really points us to a greater kind of rest. You see, when it comes to religion, most of the time people feel like religion is entitled with rules and regulations. You see, Jesus came here to this earth to deal away with our view of religion. He wanted us to know that it's not about religion, it's about relationship. It's not about rules and regulations and guidelines. We don't have to work for our salvation. We don't have to work for our relationship with God. Instead, Jesus did everything for us. And so we have this idea of a greater kind of rest. And that's why Jesus says in Colossians 2, 16 through 17, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moons or ceremonies or Sabbaths. He says, for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And listen, what does it say at the very end? And Christ himself is that reality. You see, everything else, rules, regulations, Ten Commandments, guidelines, all of these things that that hold us in mean nothing compared to what Jesus did when he came to the earth and he lived a perfect life and he, he didn't know wrong. As a matter of fact, he did everything right. He stepped out of heaven into earth and he lived that perfect life and he fulfilled the Ten Commandments and the rules and the guidelines and the regulations perfectly because he knew we couldn't. You see, because God knew that we couldn't do that, he sent a rescuer in Jesus Christ to do it for us. And so all that we have to do is say, regardless of all of my shortcomings, God, Regardless of all those things, would you take residence in my life? Would you be the author of my life? I accept you. Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he defeated death and he rose to new life, the Bible says that's it. If you believe that, you will be saved. Not checking off the dots, the list, the thing, the rule, the regulation, believing in Jesus. Now, I don't want you to leave here thinking that if I don't keep these rules If I don't keep the regulations, then I'm not going to be made right in God's eyes. You see, God, much like he blessed us with a resting day in the Sabbath, he blesses us with an ultimate rest, and that's resting in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So that one day when we stand before the Almighty God and and he says, how did you do? Uh, Well, you didn't do very good. But did you accept the gift that I sent in my son Jesus Christ? And if you did, he'll say, welcome to heaven, my good and faithful servant. And if we did not, unfortunately, the Bible says that he will say, depart from me, I never knew you. You see, nothing else matters but Jesus and where your heart is and what decision you've made to either love him or to, le- or to follow him. Please do not leave here today without accepting the greatest gift that you could ever have, and that's resting in the Sabbath in Jesus. Let's pray. Uh, Thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, everything that you do for us in that word. Thank you for your challenge. God, I pray that there's anybody in this room that has struggled with this balance, connecting with you, connecting with with others. Lord, I pray that you would help them to to grab onto that, that you've created that for us. But most importantly, none of those things matter, God. What matters is our eternity. 
and our eternity depends on our relationship with you. So God, if there's anyone in this room who's never experienced a life-changing relationship with you, God, would you tug on their hearts? Would you speak to them in a way, God, that would lead them closer to you so that they would accept you? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.